Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey guys! Hey everybody! Happy Wacky Wednesday! Ooh, oh, boy, did that. that was a lot. I got a lot to. Well, well I'll, I'll let it all out slowly instead <laughs> of all at once. Uh, we have an amazing show for you today. We have Nikki Shadro Snyder and her husband John David Snyder, the power couple behind the Give Fluencer Network, a movement designed to transform lives of givers and receivers through giving. They have a great story of how they met and an amazing backstory in general. And we're going to speak to them about giving and lots of other fun stuff like. The 2000s. Yeah, that is fun. Um, and then we have our new Mom Rage segment and some hot goss. But as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. But up next, the, the tits and the shits. Do you want to start? I feel like you know yours. I do know mine. We have had so much snow. I currently have icy hot all over one whole half of my body because two seconds before this, I was shoveling snow for hours. And this happened last week, too, because we had like two feet of snow. Yeah, last week was crazy. Lee and I shoveled our... This is my tits, by the way. Lee and I shoveled our asses off, and then it snowed some more. And we were like, fuck, we can't do this again. We're like 42 and 52, respectively. And we can't do it again. So we hired some local boys for 100 bucks plus tip to shovel for us because we were just like, we're broken. I can't. I shoveled two days in a row. Lee shoveled one day. How much did they charge? There's two of them, a hundred plus tip. You gave children a hundred dollars for shoveling for you? Fuck yeah. It was a lot of snow. It took them more than an hour. Baby, listen, it was worth every penny. I just don't know. That tells you what kind of neighborhood you're living in, that they charged $100 plus tip. It's like even on your wedding day. They didn't ask for the tip. I tipped them because they were just young boys looking for a good time. I don't know. I tipped them. They didn't ask for oh the tip. Oh, my God. $100. I am offended. Also, we have a corner lot plus a driveway. We have a lot of property. It wasn't just like a little bit. We have a lot of property. Ashley, you're fucking up my tip. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're making it the shits, Ashley. I paid them. I Venmoed them. And then Lee wanted to get their numbers so that if we need them, because they said they do like other handiwork and stuff. So children do other handiwork? This story yes. is absurd to me. Like raking leaves and other oh, stuff okay. like that. okay. I thought you were like, they do electrical wiring. <laughs> well, I'm not going to trust a bunch of like pimply 11-year-old to do my wiring, but like garden pickup and, you know, stuff like that. And shoveling again or whatever. Because I like to shovel. Uh, I digress. But if it's too much, it's like I can't. Right, I'm broken. Anyway, so Lee was getting ready to put them in his phone. And then he was like, I'm going to send you a text to let you know who it is. So you don't wonder what the number is. So Lee gets ready to text these boys. Thanks for the plow. Lee. And he didn't realize that as a grown man yeah. with some underage boys, how that would sound. So he read it out loud to me. He's like, should I put my address or whatever? I was like, Lee, you cannot, you cannot send to a nine-year-old and 11-year-old from an unknown male number, thanks for the plow. Yeah, like, thanks for shoveling or like. I was like, Lee, what would make you say you can't do that? Here's your neighborhood pedophile. <laughs> He's hanging out with the Pizzagate crew. But let me just tell you, that was the highlight of my week. I'm still thinking about yeah, that, it. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm still thinking good. about it. I'm like, thanks for the plow. <laughs> <laughs> what are your shits? My shits are that my body is broken. I mean. Both from all of the shoveling. And I can't even blame my daughter because she's been with my mom a bunch of days. But it's a mixture of like working out regularly on a bike, which is a different kind of movement than I'm used to. And shoveling like my hips, my lower, my hips, my back, my everything, my shoulder, my arm is like broken. Yeah. 
it's broken. I just feel like a real old lady. Like I've had to take muscle relaxers and all sorts of things because <laughs> it's a situation. Yeah. Well, it's a workout. That's good. Yeah, it's true. How about you, Ashley? Uh, my tits are that uh, Sebastian was such a good boy last week. He really, truly was. He really tried not fighting. I really focused on positive reinforcement because I was just like, oh my God, this kid is being so good. He's like a joy to be around. Truly, he was a joy to be around. And you know, you know, you and I, our philosophy is like, enjoy it while you have it because at any moment it could just go away. It's going to turn real quick. Oh, real quick. But uh, multiple days. I haven't had that in a long time. It was fantastic. My shits are that my relationship with my son is an abusive one in that he is so nice to me and I just want to love him. And I'm also just waiting for the other shoe to drop at any moment. I have also told you your relationship with your son is slightly abusive. (laughs) I'm just trying to really be grateful and appreciate it and not think about that it might turn because you know you and I are doing that manifestation book that E squared yeah we have to have our next manifestation date oh I did I, I've been working on it but I also haven't left the house so you bitch you're supposed to tell I'm me sorry no. I'm sorry but yeah that's it I mean it was an easy week really I feel like we didn't have a live show I got to catch up on a lot of work peacefully and I still I made it a point to at least be in bed while Sebastian was napping i was like usually on my laptop working, but at least I was in bed. So I'm happy about it. Yeah, I love that. It, this is such a different from 2020. It really is like a whole different I know. Tone. I barely even watch the news now. Thanks for putting up with us, guys. Yeah, thanks. I mean, everyone was going through it, I think. So just a reminder, guys, that we are now on TikTok at Momtourage Podcast. I, again, do we have to say at on TikTok? I don't know. I don't know. We're old. One of you young kids tell us. We are at the talkity tickety talkers. <laughs> And uh, also, we have a private Facebook group called Momtourage Squad, where you can share your mom fails, your mom wins, ask for advice without any mom squad shaming. Goals, you yeah, know. anything. Show, tell us your best Momtourage Squad stories, whatever. But we want to see you on there. We want to hear what inappropriate things your kids say, silly things they ask for, all, and also all the terrible things. We want to know all. All of it. It's a safe place for everyone. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Seriously, guys, that's what makes a difference for us. And we're rounding up on our one-year anniversary. We could really use the love. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Our next guests are the husband and wife power couple behind the Givefluencer Network, a play on the word influencer, as you can tell, and Givefluencer. The founders want to see people they admire and respect making a positive impact on the world through giving. Guys, the Gimfluencer Network has its roots from John and Nikki's foundation, Project Pop Drop, which they have built giving into their business model with their office supply company. They are the only printing supply company in the world that is not just feeding machines, but also feeding human beings and helping to eradicate homelessness. Pop Drop received, guys, congratulations on this. Yes. The presidential, the president's volunteer. Did you see what I just did? I started to say presidential physical fitness award which (laughs) I have gotten multiple times in my childhood but no they did not receive that maybe they did but they received President's Volunteer Service Award from the White House along with the Gold Medal of Honor for their work in 2020. That's amazing, guys. Yep. Thank you, ladies. It was an honor to receive something like that, and we put a lot of work into it. So we're uh, excited. We just want to expand the giving. Thank you so much for the compliment, guys. I can tell you right now, it's definitely not any type of fitness award. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> My daughter reminds me of how out of shape and not flexible I am on a daily basis. So. <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, if I were to have to take that test again, I don't think I would have oh, done as well because no way. I can't even do one pull up these days. So I remember it was at least five pull ups. I used to be able to do like a hundred sit ups. I can't do any now. The only thing I could do well is that that stretch box where you have to touch your toes because I am a yoga instructor. But other than that, I would fucking fail that shit. Okay. The only pull up that I'm affiliated with right now is by Pampers. I'm just putting exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, same, same. So what is? I, I mean, I mentioned it briefly in your intro, but can you guys tell me a little bit about what a Givefluencer is and how the Givefluencer network works? We are super excited about the word Givefluencer because we believe that this is definitely going to be a game changer. We believe that society will not function correctly unless we're kind to one another and we're leading with love and leading by example. The word Givefluencer is something that we are all capable of achieving. You know, not everybody can be an influencer. We're not all flashing our six packs on a private jet and a Ferrari with our perfect family on Instagram. Let's keep it real. We know that's not real life. What real life is and what's happening in real time is us needing to treat each other with love and respect. And we can do that by giving back to one another. If it's giving kindness, if it's giving advice, if it's giving shelter, money, whatever we can give, that's what a Givefluencer is. It's somebody that leads their life by influencing, by giving. That's amazing. On that subject, can you tell us a little bit about what Project Pop Drop aims to do? Project Pop Drop, we aim to get every business in America doing what we've been doing for 10 years at Platinum International. We've been going to a different homeless shelter, multiple homeless shelters every single month and bringing supplies with us and empowering thousands of people to come with us along the way and give back with us from the Girl Scouts to the students of LAUSD, different schools, our clients. Uh, we've empowered so many businesses to come give back with us. So we got an idea, you know, we, where we reached out to the White House and the Small Business Association. And that's kind of where we were going. We, we were like, can you imagine if every business in America that does what we do every month and buys food at like Costco or Smart and Final or Walmart or wherever and buys food for the homeless, like at least $500 worth and then goes to a homeless shelter near their place of business? You know, imagine what would happen if every business started doing that on a monthly basis and then their customers getting involved and seeing what they're doing and then giving back with them besides buying their products and, and then it gets really fun because you're you have such a great tight relationship it's business it's philanthropy and in its friendship. So our aim is to just get businesses more and more doing what we're doing, starting a program within their company that turns into a nonprofit organization and that's that's where we're at. That's amazing. A lot of people are just really getting by during these difficult times. It's so many people have lost their jobs and are furloughed. How can you be a gift fluencer when you're short on cash? Well, you can volunteer. A friend of mine, he's like, I want to show my son, you know, because they're acting a little bratty. That was the word he used. We like the word asshole too. <sighs> That's a good one for yeah, us as well. Yeah, That's a, exactly right. He was acting like an asshole. So he's like, when is your next pop drop? He goes, I got to show my son like that there's a whole nother side to yes. just receiving gifts and having a good life. I want to show him that what we're doing, what you're doing, what I came with you to do. So we brought his son to the shelter and he came along on the pop drop and his son is ever since then he's like his son has a whole new perspective like he's like not acting you know entitled like everything should be his and he was changed by coming to a, a homeless shelter and seeing that you know it's not all rainbow sunshine and butterflies
otherwise. There's a whole other side of the, the world just by coming and volunteering and, and, and walking with us, just grabbing some stuff out of our trunk. You know, that's all he did. But he helped and he, and he brought some stuff in and he saw the smiles on the faces of the people that are homeless when they see that somebody actually cares. So you could impact these kids like tremendously by inspiring them to give back. And, you know, whether they have money or, you know, they want to bring a pair of socks, new socks, of course, or, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be huge, but and it doesn't even have to be anything. Just bring your time and your smile and help us unload out of our trunks the supplies that we bring to the homeless shelter. That's one way. I'm going to totally out my cousin here because we don't get along very well. So who cares? I don't even think she listens to the show. Um, When we were very younger, like way, way younger, I grew up in a town that was really next to a pretty rough town. And so a lot of the stuff that we had to do in our daily life was going back and forth between kind of a big city rough town and our like smaller suburb. And my cousin came to visit one time and we were driving through to go run an errand. And she was like, ew, what are those people doing on the street? And me and my mom were like, what? Excuse me? What do you mean, ew, who are those people on the street? She had no idea about home. She had lived such like a sheltered life. And she was like old enough that she should know that she had no idea that there were people who were homeless. And we were like the first people ever to tell her about the homeless population. And we we had to be like, you can't, what do you mean, ew? Like there are people that don't have jobs. It was one of the most eye-opening things for me as a young person to understand that certain people have just no concept of the way that people are living in this world. Damn, you really did sell her out, man. I was just like shocked because my mom always raised me to know about all different walks of life and to be a very generous giving person. So I think it's a really important part of the conversation when we're raising our kids. Didn't mean to talk, call out my cousin, but seriously, bitch. <laughs> but you also you better. did. Honestly, that was a great story because I think about this all the time. My parents, God bless them, they showed us every different type of culture, living situation, like when we were growing up. But I had a similar situation when I took a family member to one of our pop drop events. She was a younger family member. I'm not going to say who. She said to me, we were taking a tour of the Union Rescue Mission, which is where we started our project pop drop program like a decade ago. And this kid is really sheltered, lives in like a bougie, gated community. At the end, we always do a tour, you know, when we have new people coming, they could see how people are living. And, you know, they kind of said to me, you know, I have a real problem with homeless people, the drugs, and, you know, they don't want to be a part of society. And like she had this whole take on it. And I was thinking to myself, do you ever stop and have empathy for somebody of why they're on drugs and why they're on the street? And what is their story? Like all these people for 10 years, we've been going to from Skid Row to all over greater Los Angeles to now nationally our program and the stories of people, you know, they're people that were backup dancers for Jennifer Lopez, but are now on the street or they're in an abusive relationship. And whatever their story is that led them to being homeless and experiencing homelessness, it's our job to help people that are down and lift them up if we are able to. That's our job as human beings. So then on that note, do you have any tips on teaching our kids how to give back specifically? Because you guys are so well-versed in all of this and you come from such a giving place. I recommend doing it like every month. Like a lot of people have a hard time to give back every month. It's a big commitment. So the tip I could offer is pick a cause, you know, like if you like animals or you want to help someone that's homeless or, you know, uh, you didn't have a dad and you want to like, you know, bring a skateboard every month to, you know, a, a kid 
kid that didn't have a dad or, you know, whatever, it's kind of cemented and, and give it a name. Like uh, our, we named ours Pop Drop, you know, name yours, whatever you want to name it. Maybe make a shirt, which isn't, you know, too expensive to do and, and get them made and kind of like make it official. So when I have my Pop Drop shirts on, my three-year-old triplets, Ava, Dylan, and Levi, every time they see me put my Pop Drop shirt on, they're like, Daddy, we help people. Daddy, we bring sloppy joes to the homeless shelter. Daddy, we bring underwear to the homeless shelter. And like, because they go with us, you know, our kids go with us. It's like they're promoting it. A tip would be like, get maybe get some shirts and just kind of start teaching your kids that this is something that we do every month. You know, we always do the last Saturday of the month. So it's like, no matter what, we're always going to last Saturday of the month, unless it's a holiday weekend, we'll go the weekend before and just, you know, give back, do a little time and, uh, you know, roll up your sleeves and, you know, bring a few items. You don't have to bring a van full of stuff or a truck full of stuff, you know, just, just get it down. And that's, that's my tip. And you know what? I just have to add something to it because you guys asked us the question of like, if you don't have the budget or you're low on funds or COVID hit you hard, or you just simply cannot do it in a monetary way, you can be resourceful because some of the most loving, giving things that you can give to homeless shelters, if you particularly want to help like the homeless and that's your cause that's, you know, near and dear to your heart, the thing that they believe it or not love the most when we give in 10 years of giving back to homeless shelters, they love handwritten notes. That's so nice. Exactly. Like, We know that our kids love to draw and be creative. And what better way to show them and lead by example by saying, write a loving note to a stranger and letting them know that they matter. That's a really great tip. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, like it blows me away. Like we just went to a shelter in San Fernando Valley. They have multiple shelters, this organization. They said, Nikki and John, out of all the things that you brought over the years, you've brought us so much stuff. Thank you. The thing that has moved us the most, and he was like almost in tears, the guy is the hygiene kits that you guys create, you know, with Ziploc bags with hygiene stuff in it with these personalized love notes and notes that they matter and that they're cared for and loved. And these are with school partnerships. We have partnerships with local schools and the school students in the classes make the notes and we collect them and stick them in our hygiene kits and give it to them. That is a way to do it that really doesn't cost you that much. Everybody has paper and crayons and a pen and it goes a long way. Ashley, we should do something like that for our lives show. Yeah, we should. Thanks for that idea. That's wonderful. You got it, girls. So Nikki, when you and I first had our e-meeting over the phone and we were chit-chatting, I loved the story of you and John's first date and kind of what precedence that set in your relationship. Can you tell everybody that story? Sure. Oh boy. So first dates. God, this is like, how do we even think of a time where we ever left our house and put on some heels and had a date? I know. What is that life? 10 years ago, our first date, it feels like 10 years since we went on any date. Our first date, we had an untraditional date. It was traditional at the time that we met online. But what was untraditional about it is for our whole first date, we actually were literally talking about Project Pop Drop and our dream to impact the world. We really talked mostly about that we both really wanted to do something to give back and what we were both passionate about. And little did we know by the end of that date, we had literally already formed a whole concept and flushed out a whole idea to launch Project Pop Drop. Seriously, you guys, not that much later after the first date, we had a logo, a website, everything. I mean, I was really trying to lock in that proposal, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) That's really like when we introduced you as a power couple, like first date sealed the power couple uh, tradition right there. 
there. I'm like, if I trademark something with this guy, can he fully put a ring on it? That's the big question. <laughs> she was already telling me what to do on the first date. True. Restructure my company and all kinds of stuff. That's totally normal, right, guys? <laughs> to restructure your future husband's business on your first date. Personally, I don't see an issue with it. Yeah, the main thing is happy wife, happy life. Is there anything more important than that? I don't think so. Nope. Nikki, tell us a little bit about your life pre-kids. I did a little late night deep dive, you know, two glasses of Chardonnay in, and you really had like the 2000s girl lifestyle. You had like stylist, friends, like that LA girl life, Paris Hilton runway. Please tell me about like, Ashley and I are bravo e gossip whore queens, so we love all this shit. So please tell us a little bit about your pre-baby life. Oh God. Is it too early to get a cocktail? No, not in our book. Let's start pouring, ladies. Yes, the 2000s were a fun time. I started in fashion school. I went to Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandise. And while I was there, I decided, you know, I wanted to break into fashion. And first I thought I wanted to be a buyer and buy clothes. For I'm like, oh, this is the best job ever. I'm going to buy clothes for a store. Everything's going to be perfect. And then I factored in that so much math was involved with that job. And I'm like, okay, pause, I'm out. Us too. Yeah, I'm like, that's a negative. I'm definitely going to bankrupt any company that I'm a buyer for. So we're going (laughs) to set stage left on this career. Then I just figured out, you know, when I was starting to go out and hit the town, I used to see these long lines to get into clubs. And then I kept seeing there was just groups of people that were skipping the line, like going straight past the lines. And I was an amateur, like a 21 first, you know, ID in hand. I was watching these people go in that I'm like, who are these people that keep cutting the lines? And one day I just walked up to one of the bouncers and I'm like, why are they cutting the line? Why am I standing in line? And he was like, well, this is the press. This is the media. And I'm like, what? I said, well, I don't know what that is, but I know I have to be that because I'm not standing in seven inch heels for one more second. (sighs) Then I just basically found, you know, there was a whole other aspect of the fashion industry than what I thought I knew in my early twenties. I'm like, you know what? I need to become media. I need to become an editor, you know, a member of the press. And then I kind of took my passion for fashion and I, I started hitting up every single magazine until finally one of them hired me, had my first article in that publication from that day on, I started working with multiple magazines, which led me to not just working with magazines, but becoming a stylist. You know, I really hustled hard in my 20s. And I ended up styling one it girl from the next. So I had like a competitive advantage because in addition to styling, I was also working for all these magazines. So if I wanted to style somebody or I thought they were cool, and they were somebody that have a great it girl moment, I would just create a shoot for them. I would create a cover. I would create a cut like an editorial opportunity in the publications that I already worked with. So that kind of took me to producing red carpet events and fashion shows for Smashbox, Mercedes Benz Fashion Week, Italian Film Festival. It was fun because I had an opportunity to produce fashion shows with like Celebrity Catwalk. And that, that was like all the rage. And you guys probably went to some of these events in like the 2000s when it was celebrities on the run way and like the tabloid culture started getting like insane. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually living in LA during that time. I live in New York now, but a lot of my friends were similar, take trying to take the similar path as what you did and were like working for magazines or NPR. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like a poor actor and we would get to go to these parties with my friends who were like interning in PR or working at a magazine. That was like one of the only bonuses. They were hardly getting paid anything, but we would get to go <laughs> skip the line. It's crazy because these journalists and media outlets and people they get sent like the most insane swag you know they could be on a private jet they're getting paid nothing pretty much but they'll be on a jet to mexico 
like on a free retreat. Like that was the lifestyle. You're like, I haven't gotten paid for like two months, but I have $700 shoes that are being sent to me right now. That's basically the lifestyle of like at the time in your 20s, like when you first dive into it. But you live and learn. And I had a really good time in the fashion entertainment world doing, you know, the red carpet event styling covers, producing the events. And I don't know if, if you want to hear any stories, you know, I did, I don't know how much time we have on this podcast, but <laughs> name a network and I have a story about it, you know? Who is your favorite person you styled? Like who was the person that you just really were like, oh my God, I can't believe that I'm doing this. That's such a good question. For me, like I'm born and raised in LA. I grew up in Malibu, like not much impresses me. You know what I mean? Like I've kind of seen it all. What I truly like is people that think out of the box and are innovative and do something different. Okay, this is crazy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with an LA icon. Her name's Angeline. Of course. Yes. Yes. I met this woman at like this spiritual, she was at this like spiritual crystal place. Everybody has like an Angeline story. This is mine. I met her at like this spiritual crystal place in Hollywood and I was pulling clothes to do a shoot for, I think, Dancing with the Stars. It was like a client that like was on Dancing with the Stars and I was like pulling something at this little designer studio and next door I see Angeline like cruising. Of course I knew it was her. Her car, hot pink car was parked outside everything and I just walked up to her and I'm like, honestly, I said, you are really an amazing person. I said, I love that you just had the nerve and the balls to just say, I'm going to be famous for being famous. And I'm going to just put billboards up for no apparent reason. You know, like this is just my marketing and branding strategy. I said, and I really respect your hustle. And I ended up talking to her. I convinced her to do a photo shoot. The main thing is she really never did that many photo shoots at the time. And she wouldn't even let us use real film. She only let us use Polaroids. But I'm like, screw it. I'll take it because she's iconic. Right. Oh my God, that's kind of amazing. Oh, yeah. And I was told later, you guys, that she has never, ever said yes to anybody for anything like this before to even do a Polaroid. So something about the relationship that I built with her, I like moved her to do this. You know, we were, we became friends. She like literally picked me up at my apartment in that pink Corvette. And I will not, I cannot explain like she was the original Paris Hilton. You know what I mean? Like when we used to roll around in that pink Corvette, we would drive down Hollywood Boulevard to like go to out to the parties and stuff. I cannot tell you guys like the red carpet treatment is like an understatement. Like cops would literally come. I don't even know how to explain it. Like they would give her a parking spot anywhere she wanted on Hollywood Boulevard. We would walk to the front of any line. And one night we were at a party and Paris was there. She was like so shy to come up to her, to come up to Angeline. Like, and she finally like came up to her (laughs) and Angeline like stuck her hand out. She's like, hi, who are you? Oh my God, that's amazing. (sighs) And that was when she was like peaking. Like she was the most big thing like of all time, you know, in LA for sure, but starting nationally, you know, she did the same exact thing to Courtney Cox, by the way, Courtney Cox was also there that night. And like, everybody wanted to talk to her. And she was like, and you are and like, literally stuck the hand out. I was like, this is happening. And FYI, anybody who's listening, who doesn't know who Angelina is, she's just like a local larger than life celebrity, very plastic, known for wearing pink, driving a pink Corvette. Um, And there's going to be a movie about her where that Emmy Rossum plays her, which yes. I think is the weirdest casting, but that's besides the yeah, point. Yeah, that is extremely weird yeah. casting. I don't so even weird. know what to say. Like, we're seeing the movie no matter what. <laughs> that's so fun. On that note, we have a uh, really fun quick fire game for you guys. You are a triplet 
mom, correct? It's triplets that, that you have? That is correct. These are meant to be quick answers, kind of off the cuff, fun, and light. So I'm going to start. All right, first one for John. Now that you have four kids, have you had a vasectomy yet? <laughs> no, it was uh, when they came out, Nikki had them. It was a one-stop shop situation for her, and she she took care of business, got them all three of them out, and she did the deal that the girls do. I can't think of it right now. Too tied. My sister just had it, right? She, my sister had her baby two days ago, and she's like, lock up shop, yeah. bitches. <sighs> what I said up. to them, the doctor said, whatever you do to normally tie the tubes, I said, I want you to triple tie mine. <laughs> <laughs> my sister was like, if I could get a tummy tuck now, I would, but I got to <laughs> wait for that. Nikki, what was the first thought when you found out you were having triplets? Like, what was the Everybody first Everybody asks me this, and it's so funny. I just want to point out that there is a video of the moment that I found out that I had triplets. I don't know if you guys have ever been in the situation where you're, like, laugh crying at the same time. <laughs> I, I call it the laugh cry moment. That's what the moment was like for me. Like, I literally started hysterically laughing and then hysterically crying at the same time. I'm like, how am I crying and laughing at the same time? I'm like, I'm not crying. You're crying. I'm telling this to myself. I'm like, but I'm crying and happy at the same time. I'm like, is this tears of joy or an oh fuck moment? I don't know. That's the most true response that I can relate to, yeah. I think, ever. That's, I feel like, what, what happened to me. That's how I felt when I found out I was pregnant with one child. Yeah. So <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> okay, so what's harder? A perfect winged eyeliner on both eyes or feeding three kids under two? Oh my God, that's a good question. I'm horrible at doing my makeup. So I think I have to choose the makeup one. Girl, that's an honest answer. That would be my answer too. Does it have to look good? Yes, I think it does. Yes. <laughs> what's more painful? Three hours on the red carpet in six inch heels or a triplet vaginal birth? And then what did you have? Vaginal or season? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, this you guys are hitting me with the hard hitting question. Yeah. <laughs> We're basically Barbara Walters. Yeah. Basically. You might start crying. We don't know. No, I mean this is. Oh, this is a good one. I'm not going to go with the six inch heels because at a certain point, I'm sure every lady can back me up on this one. Your feet are actually numb and at one with the numbness yes. and pain. And <laughs> alcohol helps with that. Right. I used to pop like a couple Advils every night before yep. I turn them <laughs> The worst mistake you can do, though, is to take them off and then try to put them back on again because that will never happen. You just got to keep those suckers in there. Yep. That is 100% the worst. The yep. worst is when you're not drunk and you took them off and like you're like okay I'm gonna take them off and then you have to get back to valet and march back there and like you're like am I gonna be that girl that walks barefoot down Hollywood and Vine and then you're always like yes I am I absolutely am going to be that girl <laughs> I was gonna say I have a terrible drunken story where I went to see I went accidentally after work to go to a Yankee Stadium game in heels and I was so drunk and sore from my feet that I walked through New York City on the subway Ooh. in bare feet <laughs> I've done that though. I can't judge. I have I done mean, that. I mean, I probably have like hepatitis. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's totally fine. I'm behind it. Did you have a C-section or a vaginal birth? This is the beauty of uh, having a single pregnancy and a multiple pregnancy. I get to be D all of the above. With my first child, Chloe, I had a vaginal and that was brutal. With my second uh, surprise fraternal triplets. I had a C-section. The C-section was also brutal. So I'd like to just give a shout out to natural births and C-sections. It pretty much all sucks and they're all brutal. Just putting that out there. <laughs> Yeah. What's the number one style tip for us moms who don't have a waist anymore and have a set of good sweatpants? Oh, nice. Sweatpants are like the new, I don't even know what to compare it to now because is there anything else besides stretchy pants and sweatpants post-COVID? 
I don't think there is. is, I don't want to know about it. Yeah, I think you can glam up sweatpants. If you just wear like a super high-waisted pair of sweatpants and then like a cropped sweatshirt and you throw on a pair of heels, bam. Yeah. You're still stylish and you still look cute and you're still in the COVID uniform. Sarah Jessica Parker has been doing it all COVID. See? There you have it. Okay, so what's more forgiving? An early 2000s bubble dress silhouette or mom brain? (laughs) Oh God, that was seriously the worst silhouette. Can we just... So bad. But you couldn't see your belly, so that's good. Rest in peace. Rest in pieces, I should say. (laughs) Mom brain is just something that's never going away. Like, you are never getting rid of that. No, you never get it back. I know. It's like PTSD. It's not going anywhere. Paris or Nikki? As in Hilton, not you, but (laughs) we can make it about you too. No, it's okay. No one cares about me. (laughs) You, You know what? They're both such nice girls. You know, I love their whole family. They're really a nice family. I've heard that. Nikki is very stylish and has a great eye. I interviewed her when she first launched, you know, her handbag line at Smashbox. Paris, I've styled a few times. She is such a nice person and I'm so proud of her, of the documentary that she just put out. I just want to give a shout out to Alexandra Dean, who was the director who I just interviewed for my column. The movement that they're creating for speaking out for kids that are being abused in these schools, this movement is I have to say Paris for her activism because I'm a woman that is always behind people that use their voice to make an impact. Okay, Paris or Nicole? Oh boy, now you're putting me up against the wall because I grew up in Malibu and Nicole and I went to summer school together. Oh my God, that's so fun. Right when I met her, she said anyone named Nikki is cool and I've used that line pretty much since then, so... I mean, Nicole is so clever and witty and Paris is also really clever and witty. You know, they're both really cool, clever girls. We'll let you have a tie for that one. It's like picking your children. I understand. I understand. They deserve a tie. They're both so great. What about Paris and Kim? Oh boy, this really is 2000, you guys. This is the last one. This is, you know, so it's... I'm trapped in 2000. We all are. Yeah, I mean... I'm wearing my Steve Madden slides and we're ready to go. (laughs) When we were peaking, why why wouldn't we want to be trapped when we were peaking, right? I know. Exactly. Kim was interning for Paris. Paris really showed Kim the way. Right. I saw that live. Kim was in charge of handling her closet and her stylist. Like she revamped her closet. She was her stylist. I saw her taking her out in the 2000s. And like I saw her starting to get her on the red carpets and get the paparazzi to start noticing her. So I mean, I have to say Paris was the trailblazer. First it was Angeline, then it was Paris. (laughs) It's sort of like you saw the first walk on the moon, really. I mean, it it is comparable to that. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. So anything you want to talk about? Any last words? And then please tell the people where they can find you. Plug, 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 plug all the things. Thank you for letting us do a shameless plug. Yes. Always. Thank you. That's very nice. Um, We do want to plug a few things. One, we just collaborated with an Emmy Award winning producer who we love, Gary Reeves, on a TV show that's coming up in March that's going to be called Give. And it's on Oprah's own network. You can watch episodes of the past seasons now um, on own network on the weekends on Saturdays. But we are collaborating with season three to have a pop drop giving moment at the end of each episode. And the episodes are going to be hosted by Blair Underwood and Kevin Hart. So, you know, it's going to be 
heartwarming. So huge. Really exciting. So please tune in and watch Give and you can check out the pop drop moments. For the Gifluencer Network, we will be coming out with more content and fun stuff. And we just want everybody to go out there and if they're local in LA or in Florida, they can support pop drop. If they want to know how to build a pop drop in their own cities, reach out to us at projectpopdrop.org. You know, go out there and be Gifluencers and influence the world by giving. That's all we can all ask for. Do you guys want to also promote any stuff unrelated to Pop Drop, like your personal stuff in any way? Feel free. I'd like to promote that our kids are possibly potty training this weekend. <laughs> yes. We're, we're in that with my daughter. All I got to say is Godspeed and yeah. have the alcohol ready for after they're done. Just hose them down. I kept my kid naked. I was like, and who knows if this shit on the floor is my dog or my kids? Who knows? It always <laughs> comes back to have alcohol ready. I'm really feeling for you on this shit for the dog or the kids. I mean, I have three kids here, but I honestly think that that might be worse than having three at once. <laughs> I'm just like, dog shit, babe, what? Come on and pray for all of us right now. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, ladies. So now we have a new segment, which I feel like we should do like mom rage, mom rage. Yeah, maybe we should reach out to mama drama and see if yeah. they'll like do something. Rage, 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 mom rage. <laughs> That's not it, but it'll do. It's a placeholder. I'm just going to call my friend DJ Khaled and see if he can just like throw a little ditty together for us. I mean, DJ Khaled, please get on <laughs> Weight Watchers and get on this. Okay. Wait, did you just fat shame him or is he on Weight Watchers? He is the ad for Weight oh, Watchers. Oh, he is? I had no idea. Yeah. I was like, damn, yeah. that's that was a burn. <laughs> or Jenny Craig. No, he's like the, he like has like a sponsorship oh, thing. Deal. Well, you know, Dorinda's doing Nutrisystem, but that's neither here nor there. Mom rage. One day, I don't know if I was inebriated or not. I was like, oh my God. Probably. The mom tourage is the word rage. So we put the rage in motherhood and so do you. And we want to hear your ragiest mom story. So we're getting rage stories. We asked and you guys have delivered. Yep. Ashley and I could not, one, be more surprised and two, more excited. I know. Today's, I had to look up and be like, is this your real name? Because it's a good name. Today's rage comes from Megan Muse. Megan slid into our DMs and sent us an adorable video right after she got out of the shower. Not in a dirty way, like in a robe, in a turban kind of way. She said that she is raging over the fact that her son doesn't sleep in on the weekends that she has him. She explained this, that his room in both her house and her ex-husband's house is exactly the same, like down to the T, like same bed, same curtains, same decoration. Right. So that it would like be the easiest transition ever and everything would be like simplified. But for some reason, whenever she calls a check in on her son at her ex-husband's house, he always says, oh, I slept in almost until nine. And she's like, what the actual <laughs> I would be raging too. Why at my house where everything is the same? Yes. You usually get up somewhere in like the 7 a.m. or earlier realm. But for this guy, my ex-husband, you're sleeping until 9. Anyway, she wants to rage about that. Megan, have you considered that dad lets him stay up later? Just a thought. Maybe he, yeah, maybe he gives him melatonin gubbies or maybe he just keeps him up real late. I don't know. But either way, I would want my child to sleep past a certain time here. Either way, Megan, we feel you and we're here raging with you. You get it. If you want to share your rage story with us, call us at 201 677 and leave a voicemail so we can play it for the show. That's if you want your voice to be heard, if you've always wanted to hear what you sound like on the radio. Hint, it's exactly the same. It isn't the same. It isn't the it same. kind of is. Mm, anyway. I, I disagree. I'm a professional at this, and I disagree. Oh, I'm sorry, but I also get to call myself a professional now, <laughs> okay? 
<laughs> all right, all right, all right. If you prefer to remain anonymous, you can also email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com or slide into our DMs like Megan did on the IG at Momtourage Podcast. And also, we have some new swag. We have, we put the rage in motherhood. That is for all the mamas out there. And then for the husbands and the kids that put the rage in motherhood, we have, I put the rage in motherhood. <laughs> so head to our website and scoop that stuff up. Plus our show graphic, which is amazing. So we have some merch with yeah. that as well. Yeah. Hot goss. Guys, it seems like we now have a gossip show. I- I'm cool with that. Maybe we should change our settings of what we are. And maybe. I'm okay with maybe. that. Maybe. I don't know. That's how much hot goss we have. Anyway. Madison LaCroix of Southern Charm and Alex Rodriguez. Guys, I'm going to give you the backstory and then I am going to pop off. Okay? Madison LaCroix. For those of you who don't watch Southern Charm, she joined the cast uh, because she was dating man-child Austin Kroll. You know, Southern Charm is really interesting. All the women have jobs and none of the men do. It's a very strange world in Charleston, apparently. A lot came out about Madison and Jay Cutler and this Kristen Cavalieri thing, which quick backstory is that essentially... Austin and Craig also of Southern Charm were hanging out with Kristen Cavalieri and then Madison started hanging out with Jay Cutler. Whether it was revenge, jealousy, no one really seems to know. Madison came out on the reunion and showed Andy Cohen her DMs and how it started and Jay Cutler reached out to her. Whatever. There was a whole thing with Kristen Cavalieri and all of that shit came out. Madison showed receipts. Whatever. I don't know. All that shit can be altered. Madison seems to have a lot of receipts. Uh, Yeah, Madison seems to do things only with receipts in mind. Like she's, yeah, 100% thinking about receipts 24-7. I also want to confirm before anyone tries to come at me, I am not slut-shaming. I am not slut-shaming at all because here's the thing. I think everyone involved in every part of this is fucking gross. (laughs) Whether they have a penis or a vagina, y'all are disgusting, okay? A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez. I don't understand his attraction. People think he's hot. I think he looks like a weird, bizarre, like Cro-Magnon man. It's called money. That's the attraction. I also don't understand it. He has been notoriously dating. I mean, people that love the Yankees do love him. I love the Yankees. Yankees, I don't give a shit about it. I mean, I love the Yankees because whatever. I don't really care. Um, So I guess I should take that back. So A-Rod, obviously, very engaged to J-Lo. Apparently, they were supposed to get married two times already, but this COVID thing has really messed all of that up. It comes out on reunion, Southern Charm reunion part one. Craig says that Madison has been flying around sleeping with a married ex-MLB player. It then comes out. It is a-Rod. And people are finding receipts. There are, there's proof of him liking her Instagram Multiple, yes. multiple receipts. Yes. Yeah. There's proof of them both staying at the... S- yeah, from different sources. It's not just a right. one source situation. Right. Proof of them both staying in the same hotel in New York City at the same time when Madison posted an Instagram post of her in bed looking to the side saying like, wish you were here. A lot of strange things. Then Danny, another cast member on Southern Charm, went on our friend Kate Casey's podcast. Yep, this was a big, this was big for This Kate was huge. Casey. She got written up all over the place. It came out, the man in question was in fact A-Rod. Now, Madison apparently says, oh, all we've ever done is FaceTime. Another interesting thing came out in the reunion that 
people aren't connecting, and I, I obviously don't know whether they're connected or not, but Pringle made a comment about someone jerking off on FaceTime talking to Madison. Whether that was A-Rod or not, whether they were together or not, can you imagine cheating on J-Lo with like a C-rate fucking reality star. This is what I have to say. Men will always go for what they don't have. It could be sea level. You could be with Marilyn Monroe. I don't think they always will. I don't think every man. I think there are decent men. I would say a large, from my experience, a large portion of the population, foreign pussy is better than the pussy you know. Even if that pussy is La Mer coated (laughs) J-Lo pussy. But you know, the most upsetting thing to me in all of this, I also... And J-Lo, I, I, listen, I don't love J-Lo, but J-Lo has got flavor and I respect her. And you know she's a spicy, spicy little Right. You also piece. know that J-Lo, love her. She's very insecure. I was just going to say, I have heard through multiple sources before this A-Rod thing and not that J-Lo is incredibly a spicy, jealous kind of gal. So apparently this is only with A-Rod though. Apparently because all these sources are, guys, our sources are not coming to us. They're going to Dumois and we're getting all of this from Dumois. But multiple flight attendants have come out and said... Well, because no one wanted Skeletor. No one gave a shit about Skeletor. She barely gave a shit about Skeletor. No, I think she is a woman who, this is my personal opinion, I don't know J-Lo as much as I adore her whatever. But I think that she, her picker is off, as Patty Stanger would say. She picks, Mark Anthony clearly adored her. I know. Well, they were childhood friends too. He needs to eat a sandwich. I agree. He is not an attractive man, but he clearly. He's very talented. Yes. And he clearly adored her. And that wasn't good enough. She keeps going with these guys, Ben Affleck, the first husband, Chris Judd, her backup dancer, Chris Judd. These ladies always love a backup singer. I mean, a backup dancer. I don't, I don't understand. Because they're with them. They're touring with them. It makes sense. But I just think she picks men who like aren't very nice and respectful of her and that's what she's into and even when you're J-Lo you've got issues we've all got baggage my issue is all the women who are so surprised about A-Rod I remember A-Rod cheating on his wife with Madonna do you people not fucking remember the late 90s early 2000s because I remember that shit. He has never been a nice man. He has never been a respectable man. But he has always been a Yankee and always been rich. That's all I have to say about that. Y'all are nasty. Screech died. Yes, he had cancer. He had cancer. And he, only a month ago, was diagnosed after having, like, extreme pain. Evidently, very sadly, diagnosed as, like, stage four terminal. And he went, um, he had had his legal name changed to Screech. He did? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. That's weird uh shout out to my brother uh and his college friend who crank called him in his home in florida one time that's fun um but that's sad he he was a complicated he had a complicated fame thing yes but it's very sad to have someone die regardless yeah pam anderson got married again is anyone surprised i mean no to her bodyguard so that's maybe surprising great because she usually has like a type great more importantly Marilyn Manson Evan Rachel Wood but also Marilyn Manson Jenna Jameson Marilyn Manson Rose McGowan the only one who said anything good about him was Dita Von Teese she said that she that was not her experience with him were they married yes they were okay yes 
That was the only one that he was married to. He was engaged, I guess, to Evan Rachel Wood and Rose McGowan, but only married to Dita Von Well, he's married now to somebody, I think, not famous. I, I just want to take a sidebar. Dita Von used to come into my restaurant in L.A. all the time, and that bitch is never not done up. She is flawless in that style she's she's always in that character i guess i have a major crush on her that that is like my girl type if i'm gonna go for the ladies that's my type Sticky. right there old hollywood yeah. big boobs tiny waist what's well, the corsets man very done up. Yeah. She's a natural blonde. Mm. And she does all her, because I'm a little bit obsessed with her, I've done a lot of research on her. She does all of her beauty stuff herself. She doesn't oh. She doesn't trust a single person, not one single person with her beauty routine. So she does all her own waxing, all her own Ooh. tweezing, her own hair dye, her own haircut, her own facials. Wow. She trusts no one, maybe a massage. She trusts no one with her beauty routine. Wow. Everything, her nails, everything she does herself. Well, I will confirm she is a really lovely person and I waited on her multiple times. I also waited on Rose McGowan multiple times. She was a hot mess, but very nice. All very nice. But I hear I hear Dita Von Teese is actually uh, very polite yes. and kind of soft-spoken. Yes. Very much the character. Maybe something about their dynamic made him not want to fuck with her. I don't know, but uh, she's also kind of a classy lady, so maybe she just doesn't want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, not that coming forward with abuse makes you not classy, but yeah. No, I know, but like... I know. Yes, I, thank, I you was, for, thank you for... Yeah, I was just clarifying on your behalf for you. Okay, so up next, Ramona Singer. Friend of the pop. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> Truly, I wish. As much as I loathe Ramona, she is like, she's like who you want. You love to she hate gives Ramona. Good te- yeah, she yes. gives good television. Guys, apparently she was having lunch at Mar-a-Lago. No mask. No mask. She's never, she never has a mask on. They spot this bitch all over the place without a mask on. Plus she's in contract to like be COVID safe for the shooting of Real Housewives. There was a breach. Like there was a COVID breach. In no shit, the bitch. Cast. There was a breach. Yeah. No shit. Um, but she was at Mar-a-Lago having lunch with one of the uh, Trump spawn. We don't know which Ugh. one, but I think Ivanka. That's what Gross. I'm thinking. That's anyway, what I'm say. Uh, Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams. <laughs> um, okay, so Wendy Williams just recently came out with a Lifetime, you know, she's a big old Lifetime fan. Uh, She'd had a Lifetime film and a documentary about everything that happened with her ex-husband, Kevin Hunter. That marriage didn't last very long, right? Yes, it did. It lasted for years and years and years. Oh, okay. Okay. He was her manager and her executive producer on the talk show. God, I don't know why I thought she had recently gotten remarried. Oh, no. He was like a part of the comeuppance. Okay. Got it. And he has everything because of her from what I can what I understand and yet it just re- I didn't watch any of it but she was on Watch What Happens Live and she told Andy that she knew for 13 years that he cheated on her. She then proceeded to talk shit about the woman that he cheated on her with. Yeah, sure, great. I can understand not loving that woman, but do you not understand that your husband is the one that did this and well, it that takes two, you it takes allowed two to it? Tango. Yeah. It takes two. You can't just blame the one person. She has a very long-standing reputation of woman shaming. She always says that it's the woman didn't do enough to take care of the man. And I have to tell you, as somebody who worked for her, her husband was verbally abusive to staff on a daily basis to the point where 
I was scared to go into work all the time. Well, there's probably a reason why she picked him. Right. And there's probably like a, you know, long going. This game now, uh, this one really personally irked me because it was something that was a part of my daily life, really affected me. I changed my entire life and the entire trajectory of what I was planning at that age because I was so unhappy there. Yeah. And a lot of that was due to the corporate culture of that specific production to just continuously hear her talking shit on other people when this is as much her fault as uh, as his yeah. is just I personally am offended. Who the fuck am I? Nobody is the correct answer, but yeah. I am personally offended. And I am Listen, you worked for her, so you're somebody you know, to her. If that's what validates my life. It's just really disappointing and I feel like I have I almost feel like it's my responsibility to go on this one woman crusade to be like all of you who idolize this woman, let me just tell you the truth about her. She's not all of this and she isn't actually in any way a feminist or supportive of women. Her whole career is talking shit on women. I mean, ours is a little bit too. I realize the pot is calling the kettle black. But, you know, we're equal opportunity shit talkers. <laughs> we see blame in everybody, not just and people with a vagina. Ourselves. And 100% ourselves. So I don't know. I'm just so like really grossed out and like I said, offended. Like I feel like it's a personal affront almost and it's not. Well, and it was not the whole thing about she saying she used to do drugs with Whatever, and his wife is calling her nasty. There was that extra thing. Oh, I don't know about that. She, yeah. I mean, she used to be a crack. I think it was crack or crack, heroin. Yeah, yeah. And with with a famous rapper, I'm not going to be able to remember who it was. And then that right rapper's now wife was like, "You're a piece of trash, Wendy." <laughs> Anyway, I wish I could remember. That was the most mom podcast thing I've ever said. Some famous rapper <laughs> came out. In I think life. his name was Snoop Dogg. All right, hashtag swag bag. Hashtag swag bag. Y'all ready for this? Oh, God, that was so 90s. Do you want me to go first or you want to go first? No. I, okay, so I'm really into these little, actually, it's lol. Lol Da Vinci. <laughs> lol Da Vinci frames that I got a three pack. They're not cheap. It's like a hundred bucks for these three frames. They're wooden frames that open up and you can display your anything you want, but I'm displaying my kids' art in them. And it also stores other art in it so that you can easily change it out because my kids make in a new masterpiece every day. And I like to frame them. Oh, these because, are so cute. Oh yeah, my God, a hundred dollars. So, Bitch, you, you are made of money. No, it's three of them. And that's all I need for hanging my kids' art because our refrigerator we don't do art on the refrigerator. We don't have magnets on the refrigerator. So I really like it. I keep it in my office. I keep one frame in my office, one frame in my dressing room, and then the other frame downstairs. And we just circle out uh, her art in it. And it's a really nice way to easily put whatever your kid just made in and have it look really nice and not messy. And P.S. If you don't want to spend the $100, I'm seeing, because I she's been telling me about this and now I'm finally seeing it. You can buy a single it. one. Yes. And it's like $35, which is right, a lot more affordable. I just bought affordable. the three pack. They're really cute though. Uh, um, so mine is Am Lactin. It is. <laughs> if you're. Uh, this sounds terrible. It sounds like it's like for shitting or something. I don't know what that is. It is a cream made with alpha hydroxy acid, uh, lactic acid. Sebastian has had, you know, those like, they call it like chicken skin on the back of your arms. Yeah, I have that too. Yeah. So he has had it so like really like pretty bad since he was a baby and you know, it's not anything. It's not anything that hurts him. It's I, for a while I thought maybe it was an allergy. The doctor's like, no, it's not. And I did some research and uh, it brought me to this Amlactin. It's like $10 for 7.9 ounces on Amazon. I have been using it just on his arms where the bumps are every night after he takes a bath. 
his bumps are going away. It's really hard to find this. It does have AHA, so, you know, in the summer, I'll probably tone it down because I don't want him to get a sunburn or anything. I really, I recommend this. There's nothing about an age. I Googled as much as I could about, you know, if three is too young, but it's really making a difference. So if you also, I know adults have it. If your kid has it, supposedly really common in children. Check out I'm going to use it because I have it on my thighs and my upper yeah. arms. It kind of comes and goes. Yeah, in the winter, it's worse, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This, honestly, every day, just as soon as you get out of the shower, just puts it, it smells like weird, but I like it. Like medicine. Yeah. No, it smells almost like a candy. It's like weird. Sweeties or, or Smarties or something. We definitely have two different loves of flavor smells. I know. I know. No, I don't like, I'm not like, ooh, I want a cream that smells like that, but I don't like, don't mind it. It's just weird. If that makes Got any it. sense. But yes, Amlactin, highly recommended. Nice. All right, guys. That's our show. That's our show. We love you. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com.